Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cool. Asa's wife can bring down the entire network. Network, awesome. And there's our cold <laughs> open. Thanks, guys. And- uh- Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a subsidiary of the Touchline Media Group, which is based in London, which we are not, but you should check them out at touchlinefraca.co.uk. The S is silent in fraca, fracas, so touchlinefracas.co.uk. They're great. They're nice to us. They pay us in breakfast tacos. Uh, I'm your host, Asa Smith, with you as always to talk about both football and also the other football, which the rest of the world calls football and we call soccer. Uh, We call it soccer because of association. It's actually a British term. Don't add us, British British fans. It's soccer. You invented the phrase. Um, We are uh, joined. We're going to be joined uh, on this pod by our good friends, Ben and Kevin, um, Angus will be with us a little bit later to talk about the fact that Kansas beat Texas in football in the year of Tim Tebow's Lord 2021. So let's get, oh, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group and also some other people, but we don't know who it is until after the fact. So get excited. Uh, let's uh, let's get, jump right into it with our good friends, uh, Kevin and Ben, and I assume Stumpy's here, but I'm not really sure. How's everybody doing? Very well. You? Uh, I like to pop in every once in a while. <laughs> Thanks uh, for coming out. Yeah, you're welcome. Just for just it was all for Kevin. <laughs> so, um, so there was a game Friday night, wasn't there? That was fun. Um, I guess it wasn't fun for anybody else, but <laughs> there sure was. Holy cow! So, um, so I, I to 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 preview this a little bit. Uh, check it out. Was, uh... Check check out uh, halfspaces.com. Um, ben already has the uh, 
has the the grades up. So, um, but first things first, I want to talk about the the headline of the whole game, not the win, because the win is secondary to the shit talking. And Christian Pulisic is 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 my hero. That's all I have to say about that. Does he get extra points in your system for that, Ben? Uh, not for that one, but uh, I did actually give DeAndre Evan a, a half point bump for stepping over a prone player. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I felt like that was more more relevant to intimidating on the night. I mean, I feel like directly yeah. shit talking Memo Ochoa was pretty cool. <laughs> no, well, that was pretty much yeah. just the nail in the coffin. The, the shit, the intimidation factor was the step over. <laughs> I got the impression there was several shirts with that message on it. Just in case. And just in case people scored. <laughs> like if like if we made like half the team take off their jerseys, it's like, oh god, there's nine of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were prepared. I was a little disappointed Weston didn't have it. Although maybe since it's the second goal, it didn't have the same effect. I don't know. <laughs> Why is Zach Stefan wearing it? Listen, we had to be we had to be prepared for every uh every a, a late header. <laughs> Um, so I, so the, the story, the funniest, uh, part of that whole thing beyond the obvious, um, was that I heard, uh, a story that like someone asked him about it after Christian, he was like, you know, I just really, really want to focus on the game. You know, I, I don't want to talk about the other distraction stuff. And it's like, one, dude, you were the distraction. You, you actively decided on it. And two was that it wasn't his idea. It was, uh, Wea and McKenney came up with the idea and the, sto- the story is, is that like they came up with the idea, but made Christian put on the shirt, and that like so tracks with my understanding of Weston McKinney as a like general troublemaker. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm here for the jokes, but I can't get in trouble again. <laughs> I was gonna say I think he's trying to avoid a second suspension, so he's like, ah, I can get my message out, and we can make the Golden Boy do it. And what's he gonna do? Suspend the Golden Boy? No. no. The circumstances around that goal, like it'd been one thing if if we'd been like if that if we had scored against the run of play and it looked like we were gonna do like another like smash and grab, steal a win from Mexico, and you pull the shirt up and you make a bigger statement than the goal, um, it would have felt a little bit hollow. But the fact that we had been thoroughly thrashing them for that entire half, I think made it, um, you know, perfect. Yeah, yeah I don't that remember was, ever that was inevitable. inevitable. I don't remember every Mexico game I've ever watched, but I think that is the best we've ever played them. Like a 50-50 possession split with Mexico, like that never happens. Well, right? you know, it wasn't even just the, the possession split. It was also, it was passes connected in like attacking versus defending halves. It, it's, they, it's, it's not like Red Bull spastic, but the U.S. does try and when they regain possession, they, they play quickly. They don't turn to kick it around the back and try to unlock something. So you almost have to look at, okay, where is the game played spatially on the field versus how much time do we sit on the ball? And the, the just the amount of passes we connected in Mexico's end, that's, I think, where, like, the true truth of that game is. Because I, I, I never once freaked, like, that whole second half where I was like, oh, God, we're losing control of the game. I, I, yeah, I gotta say... Like... Oh, I, I just want to say, Ben, before you, before you touch on that... Um, the fact that this podcast that is focused on the upper Midwest is now talking about field position in soccer makes me very happy. Punt to win. Punt to win. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I was lucky enough to like win the ticket lottery to be able to go to the game. And like, it was pretty tense. Cause even though we were like outplaying them mostly, 
in the first half, they had better chances than us. And like, even when we were out playing them, like you have this, this constant feeling of dread. Like if something goes wrong, they're going to score. And then I'm going to have to walk home with like walk back to my car and drive back to Dayton where I'm staying in my crappy Airbnb with this like loss hanging over my head. And just like the, the sheer like joy of scoring. And then like the second goal just makes everything so like comforting and you get to chant it. Like I took a picture. I should send it. I, there was one Mexican fan in front of me that I took a picture of and just labeled it sad Mexico fan. <laughs> And uh, so real good. fans, when they lose, would actually walk all the way back to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm not that real. You're half, you're half of a space. Half of a space. Uh, I, I minus. Want, yeah, that's not great. Uh, I do want to say that um, I, I have done that. Like So, like, I, I went to a, a Big Ten championship game in which the team that I was rooting for lost. Um, and the sad drive back to an Airbnb – is just just the worst because like you're all amped and you're all excited and then at the end of it is like I paid I paid so much money to be miserable right now. <laughs> I have friends who flew down for the the Michigan State Bama playoff game and paid yeah. a good chunk of change <laughs> to do such a silly activity. <laughs> so yeah, I, my yeah. parents did. My parents did that, and I don't think I don't think my I've heard my dad reference that game since he left for that for no reason. <laughs> um. So so let's get into the the game itself. You know, we will we'll start with sort of the um. I I I thought that the 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 lineup that we put out was sort of in line with what I expected. Um. I think I think on the the podcast, the last podcast, the preview podcast that we had with um. USMNT Stan, uh, Adam Turner, um, which you can listen to because it's still live. Uh, I said, I expected Yedlin and Zimmerman, like everybody wanted Scally, but putting an 18 year old, their first game, let alone their first, like their first start, let alone their first game, uh, against Mexico in what felt at the time, you know, like, look, we can take a step back and be like, eh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't the, the emotional must win nature of that was huge. Um, and yep. putting Scally in that would have been very difficult. Um, and I thought I, what I said at the, the outset, and it turned out to be at least a little bit correct, was that Zimmerman in the air was super helpful. Um, then, you know, you had, you had him having a, a, a pretty, pretty good game. Um, but up front, we had basically Twitter's, Twitter's uh, choice, you know, MMA midfield, uh, Wea, Aronson, Pepe. Um, so, so going into this, I think that we all were sort of, I, except for the people who want to get mad about like an 18 year old not starting. I think everybody was more or less what we thought and, and we're okay going into it at least, you know, given, given what we were going to look at. Well, you already got the three points. So let's let the 18 year old start on the next one in Jamaica. We'll, 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 we'll get to the Jamaica preview in, in time, but, um, but Ben, sort of your your assessment of of the defense. I mean, clean sheets are a weird thing, but and I can I can feelings ball this, but I always like to have the data first. Right, honestly, nobody was bad. Like watching it live, I, like all right. So just like m- put my biases out there. I don't tend to think DeAndre Yedlin is very good, and like just watching it live, I was doing a lot of yelling. At DeAndre Yedlin, like, because he was just having a little bit of a rough time, like in possession, like combining with people. His like 
like when you play a ball out to Serginho Dest, he takes it down with one touch and goes. Like when you play a ball out to DeAndre Yedlin, he might get it under control quickly. He might not. <laughs> um, but uh, then watching it back, like honestly, he was he was good. He played a couple of nice balls up to Tim Weah. So like I don't know. He he did he performed admirably. I still don't think he's the guy you want if you're going to try to play slick possession. But uh, he he did a good job last night or two nights ago or however long ago it was at this point. <laughs> time is time is relative. Um, Immaterial. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll I'll put my biases. I love DeAndre Edlin. I have always loved DeAndre Edlin, and seeing him be sort of I I don't know like I I think that like I I have a a bias toward like that generation of players like I'm not mad like a lot of our our fan base is like mad at Josie and mad at Michael Bradley and whatever I'm not mad at them I want them to get some sense of like not vindication but like a uh an attempt at at closure there you go closure is the word and I I feel like DeAndre is like sort of redemption redemption is actually the right word um, and DeAndre is sort of like the stand-in because he's, he's really the only guy from the last cycle who's still here. I mean, he has, I think he has more caps than anybody else in the pool right now by like 25. Um, I mean, he's also a shit talking Jew. So he's like your platonic ideal of a player. He is you're <laughs> not wrong. He's also fast, uh, which, yes. which I, I overrate because I play a lot of FIFA. Um, it's fair, but so, so, I want to talk a little bit about Walker Zimmerman because there's so much crap talked about him um, and it's annoying. Um, but I think that that ponytailed uh, ponytailed merman. Um, I, so when I watched the game, um, the, the, the first thing that I noticed was that like, he, <laughs> he, he just was really rocking that ponytail in a way that like, I don't know. I don't know what the theory was. I don't know what he was looking at, but he looked, amazing and I, I i can tell you i i i had a ponytail for a while and i i i wish that it looked like his <laughs> well i think a couple things one walker zimmerman just seems like a total bro like yep. he i don't know like he I, if you're gonna go out on the town like he's a guy that you probably want to be with right up until he has his like 12th beer and wants to fight the bouncer or something <laughs> but then yeah. also hold on i just, I need, like I just need to say that i don't know anybody like that uh kevin do you know anybody like that no. <laughs> uh, uh we love you also i kind we of love feel you. like <laughs> <laughs> he's like a uh zimmerman is like a proxy for like hating uh like matt doyle isn't super popular alexi lawless isn't super popular and like those guys love walker zimmerman so I, I kind of feel like there's a portion of the fan base that just like is inclined to dislike Zimmerman because of the people that rate him. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's like a proxy war and he's the center of it. Right. So I think he's good, but like, and again, I, we mentioned this over the summer, he was looking really good at the gold cup, but then he got injured and he didn't get to play anybody. So like, who cares if he looked good when he beat up on like French Guiana or whoever it was. So it, this is the first chance. I feel like we've seen him against like really, really good competition. And like, he showed out, he was great. And the, I the... Think... go ahead. Kev. I was gonna say, I think part of why he gets the, the hate or the disregard on Twitter is he's pretty certainly going to be an MLS lifer. And I think that the the Twitter sphere really skews towards, especially right now, 
how young are you and like what's your prospects moving to Europe either in the very immediate term or if you're in Europe like how are you performing and he's played on some he's won a lot of games in MLS he won a lot with Dallas he won a lot with LAFC then he went to Nashville and they have like one of the best defenses in the league like he's a piece that is very functional no he's probably not going to be like the best passer you've ever seen but I think that part of the reason that he gets the hate is just because there is no presumed like next step for the guy like he may be in Nashville for another year or two and then by that point he'll be in his late 20s and um that'll probably be it for him as far as staying domestically but it doesn't mean he's a bad player people love Miles Robinson I love him and he's not that much younger than Zimmerman yeah but but he's like new on the scene I I think the thing is yeah. with with Zimmerman um and someone pointed this out over the summer and and this was sort of when it turned for me because I was not initially high on Walker Zimmerman because my biases were the same as as much of Twitter it's like okay well why aren't you playing it you know Brondby because somehow that's better than Nashville um but but what I what I saw was like someone pointed out that like when he left LA their defense cratered like they went from Correct. like good defensive team, like very good defensive team to cannot stop anybody. Um, and that happened also when he left Dallas or, or yeah, it was, it was Dallas. Um, yeah. And it's like, he's I, good defenses follow wherever he goes and there aren't many good defenses in MLS. So, you know, I, th- I think that like the fact of the matter is he's good at his job and, when Miles isn't having games like he had, you know, against Costa Rica, um, that's a pretty formidable back line. And if your back line is some rotation of Richards, Zimmerman, Miles, and Brooks, you know, this window notwithstanding, like, I'm cool with that in Qatar. Like, if those are the four. do a lot worse. Yeah. Well, and just stylistically, if you look at the defenders that Berhalter brought, like, Brooks, I don't think anybody would argue, is probably a better defender like overall than Walker Zimmerman. But if you wanted to play the way that they played on Friday night, Brooks couldn't do the job that Zimmerman did. Like I clipped a couple like clips for the article where like he's like on top of a guy, like immediately preventing like a counter. And then, you know, he pokes it loose and it goes to another Mexican guy, but it doesn't matter because like Zimmerman can get back and cover that. Like if John Brooks gets his inertia going, and doesn't you know get the ball he's not turning around quickly so like he's just I don't know just I I still would prefer to have Brooks on the on the roster for that option but like if you're gonna play because of the way they played it made sense for you know to have Zimmerman and Robinson in there like on an extreme Brooks would be a terrible center back for Leipzig terrible you you couldn't play the guy there but very clearly at Wolfsburg same league same opponents. He plays at a very high level. Same. Zimmerman was the right pick for this, for the way we had to play Mexico. Yeah. And, and, and also like not only same league, but like same caliber of team, like both of these are champions league caliber right. squads. Right. So um, in terms of, in terms of miles, obviously miles got the red or the second yellow. Um, I thought that he played fine. I thought that he sort of did his thing. Like, um, you know, MGO blog, in the, in the football stuff, like talks about boring free safeties. And I feel like miles is very, very quickly turning into a boring free safety where it's like, he just, he, he prevents the scary moments from happening by his very nature. Um, like there were a couple of runouts in the first half that he just sort of closed down and like, 
you know, if if he wasn't there, it might have been a problem. Yeah, that one. Um, but yeah, but I, I just I just I think that there's a lot of value in that. And then Jedi, I thought, did his job. Like I I, I think that he, you know, he sort of held down his flank defensively and and um you know, a lot of the danger came up the right side, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Because um your man of the match, my man of the match, I think all of our collective man of the match uh was playing on the right wing so um so i th- I, th- I think that jedi played fine um in your in your system what what was his rating uh he came out with a uh, seven which was i think uh pretty close to like uh, yeah it was the fifth best so he i mean he wasn't perfect but like he was up and down all night. He roasted Shaka Rodriguez there at the end, which was nice to see. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, fun. we've, we've like, I, I, I don't want to like crown the guy, but like, I think he's the best left back in my lifetime. Like, he, like if he puts another few years together, like he's probably the best left back in USMNC history. And I, I know this is like way early for that, but like he's a legitimate left back that we can run out there and not really worry about. You can get forward, hits a good cross. I mean, if he had a little bit better passing chops, that would be nice. But, you know, that's not that pick. Yeah, I, th- I think that he I think that he did a good job. We didn't we we, we probably should have tar- started a keeper. I, I didn't mention that Stefan started and that was sort of like a thing. Um, I think I think the, the, the most interesting thing about Stefan, Stefan, I think, graded out fine. And when you have a clean sheet, usually that happens. Matt Turner with his feet aside. Um I thought Stefan played well. I, th- I thought that he, he didn't, I think he made one save that I was like, Oh, that was a big save. Um, but, but aside right. from that. And the, the, the interesting thing is like the two games that Greg's Greg, what Greg Stefan was the Red Wings goalie in like 1985. <laughs> I don't know why I keep wanting to say that. Like I was four. It's not like it was like yesterday. Zach. Kevin, Stephan. were you alive in 1985? <laughs> Me? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Neither were you. You you. You're the the only one that's got shot here. Definitely wasn't live in 1985. Anyway, Zach Steffen uh, has started the last two games, and coincidentally, those are our two best like possession attacking games that we've played. Now, you know, I don't know how much overlap there is. I I did actually manage to get my question through to Greg Berhalter via proxy of Bobby Warshaw, but he didn't really answer it. So. Oh, so, I don't so, know. I don't know how. Like, go ahead. I, I'm just gonna say the first step is getting the question asked. Then, then, only then can we hope to have the question answered by, like by friend of the podcast, Bobby Warshaw. Right. Well, he like because I wanted to. I basically wanted to ask him like, how much does a, a keeper that's good with his feet and passing make a difference in starting attacks? And basically, like Berhalter's answer was, well, you just ask him to do different things. It's like having a defensive left back versus having a an attacking left back. Like you just don't ask them to do the same thing. And I was like, well, well yeah. yeah, fair, but that doesn't answer <laughs> the actual question. But anyway. <laughs> Um, I think the most important thing with Stefan, I mean, obviously he made the saves he had to make. He had that first one that was tough. Yep. He was screened by, um, and then he had the, the, the Lozano run out and he stopped that. But even more importantly, I mean, collecting the ball, he, he just was very confident there. I was, it was the nation's league where he had those like squirrely balls. You try to punch out or he'd misread something in the air. And it, next thing you know, he's, you know, 10 yards from his goal, and the ball's bouncing free. Um, he was just pure confidence and he looks, he looks imposing back there too. Like he's, he's a bigger yeah. framed guy, 
like I, I, it just like fits. I don't he's know. Like, it, it's stupid chest. stuff like that. Yeah, he's, he, a, he, he's a big dude. Like Tim Howard was is a big man, and like at a certain point, especially in tight games against teams you know really well, like stupid little things like that start to matter. And I don't know. It's like a confidence booster. And this is weird and totally unrelated, like a, but he looks exactly like Kane Brown. If any of you know who Kane Brown is, yeah, he does. I thought uh, I only know about him because he guest picks on uh, game day all the time, like all the time, every season. And a couple of times I've looked at him, I was like, why is Zach Stefan guest picking Arkansas, Georgia? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Stefan is absolutely like a, a bus guy, right? Like, like the guy you want kind of got the bus first. Um, and right. uh, uh, another guy like that is, is of course, Eunice Musa. Um, so I think we, we, we talked about the defense. The midfield, I think, um, it was the best midfield play that I've seen out of America against a serious opponent um, ever. I, I, I don't know that that's like a, a hot take, um, but I, I thought that that Musa McKenney and Adams, Adams had a couple of moments where I was like, oh, don't do that. But beyond that, like he, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think that that this midfield is is about as, as good as you could you could really ask for, but. Um, do you know what, what we should ask for first is um, breakfast tacos. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, an ad got in there. But let's talk about the midfield. Um, ben, what were your thoughts on, on the... They're the getting class? so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> ben, what were um, your thoughts? <laughs> so I thought Musa was the standout there. Um, dude is just... I can't believe he's 18. Like, he just sticks his butt into people, and, like, they just can't get around him and get the dang ball off him. And, like, he, he's got, like, some deception to, like, the way he receives and, like, the, I don't know. The dude is so good. It's cr- He doesn't even get to play midfield for Valencia, and he's still this good. Like, if he can add just a little bit of, like, final product, like, a little bit, you know, more cutting edge on his passing and, like, a shot on, you know, get the shot on goal. Like, I mean – what is this kid going to look like when he's 26? Like what it's, he's so good. It's crazy. He is. I, I just want to say like, he is that one play. Like he, he, he received the ball at like R18. And I want to say Herrera and somebody else were like closing in on him. And he just like made like this, like very clever, little clever, little turn. And then boom, he was off and he was like at midfield before anybody touched him again. And then I thought he gave it away cheaply, but um, like, I don't know that, that I've ever seen an American midfielder with like the strength technique and confidence to pull that off. And, and also like the, the, the swagger to do it, you know, because you're, you're at, you're at your 18 trying to, to, to play that ball. So, um, yeah, I, I think that he's, he's, he's doing, you know, really cool stuff, but, um, but yeah, so so what what did we think about McKenny? I mean, obviously he had the goal, which was fun. But what what else? Um, yeah, honestly, I didn't think it was like his best um, 
his best performance ever. Like the goal, like in the, in the way I scored things, like the goal kind of bumped him more than maybe it would have. Like he would have just had like an average performance without the goal. But you know what? Goals matter. <laughs> so like he got in there and buried it. So like I don't know if it was his like best overall performance ever, but like he was good. He's all over the place. He's got like every once in a while he busts out these little foot skills. And you're just like, dude, where did that come from? He's just, I don't know. He He's a, like the, the combination of those three guys, Adams, McKenney, and Musa, like they work so well together. I, I don't even know if I want to hear about Gio Reyna at the eight anymore. I mean, unless unless we're playing somebody that's like totally crappy, we can just like try to score 12 goals. But So I, I, I want to It was talk such about, a McKenney goal too. Yeah, like, like it was like bounced around and then he took it and was like, all right, well, I guess I'll score it. <laughs> Well, I was just saying, cause he does that a lot at Juventus where he'll like, he'll in possession, he'll end up almost like leading the line sometimes centrally. It was a run where in my mind, I've, I've been juggling Busio in, in this midfield and like, who would you replace? And after watching Musa and his body faints, it's like, well, how do you take him off the field? Right. But that's like, that's a run and a goal that I don't think any other midfielder in our pool makes just because it's not in their nature to, to seamlessly transition into like, I'm playing as a second striker now. Like, let's go do this. Everyone else just kind of will like broader game to know. Seemingly he knows when to take these types of risks um, because they pay off. Well, and also, I mean, that goal ends up looking a little bit messy and lucky because like it bounces off a defender and he just kind of pulls it in. But like, just before that, he like dummies the ball mm-hmm. and like play like the like nice little interplay that if it comes off, it's like a sweet goal. And I mean, it, it ends up looking a little messy, but that doesn't like, you know, like this, that doesn't like cancel out all the like nifty little stuff he had beforehand. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that that sort of, so, so the question about Geo at the eight, um, I'm actually more willing to entertain Geo at the eight now um, because of Tim Weah and the way that Weah, that he looks um, on the field, because he looks like someone who I don't want to take off the field um, ever. You know, I, I think that he adds something that, that, that the rest of the team sorely doesn't, which is this, this sense of speed, the sense of um, creativity that, you know, I don't, I don't know how many players can play with his pace and play with his, you know, creation, because that, that, the first goal, the political was because Tim way is good. Like that's, that's why that goal happened. There's some very legitimate lineup issues. They're all good problems, but if you would have talked to me 72 hours ago, I was, I have always been all aboard the, uh, the, the arena central um, train. And then seeing way play like that, I'm like, Oh, wow. Well, you really, I don't feel compelled to, to slot rain in over way at this point, but I don't know how you take that midfield and pull it apart. So that I'd, I'd rather bludgeon teams to death and let Musa use body feints to advance the ball versus screwing with that balance. And then things just don't come off and we don't know how to play with like a true 10. Um, I don't know what to do with, with Reina and I, I don't think you can move. Wea or Musa or McKin- or McKenny really off the field, right? I mean, like right now, this is kind of like high level stuff. But like looking at the team roster, so to speak, like right now we pretty much go four deep at wing, maybe five, and we go 
like right now, who do you put in if one of those three first choice midfielders isn't there? I'm hoping we have a fourth guy in Busio because he's looked pretty good for Venezia. And maybe you can get, you know, if you can get the uh, three of those four available all the time, you can make it work. But we really need to add another, you know, two midfielders maybe that you can trust. Because, like, I don't know. I mean, he's sort of trust. I don't know. I don't really trust any of those other guys anymore. Uh, as much as I love Acosta, like, I don't know. If he's in there, do you trust do you trust that's going to be go well? I was going to say, all you're really doing is asking for more Colin Acosta here. <laughs> right. He could be used, like, situationally to try to kill games off, but he doesn't do the – he's not as good with the defensive work as Adams, and I don't think that he transitions play forward as well as Adams can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I it, think it's that – I, th- I think that we 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 still have the same sort of the same issues that we've had for a year or half a year at the very least. The fourth eight and the second six. Um, if Reina is the fourth eight, then we need to find another right winger, I guess. Um, maybe that's Conrad. Maybe it's Paul Ariola. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe it's Matthew Hoppy. But I think we still have that that second six fourth eight issue. Um, I do think Busio is is sort of the the third eight, and I think that he is going to start. Obviously, McKenney is not starting the next game because of the uh, yellow card accumulation. We'll we'll talk about Jamaica in a second, um, but I do think Busio is going to be the next guy up there um, if they if they if they stick with the four man back and three man midfield. Um, I, I do think that there's a possibility that they go with a three man back line given that Miles is not going to be playing also for yellow card accumulation. Um, so I think, I think that, that, that it's possible we go with the two man mid- midfield of, of McKenney and, and Adams. But I, I also think that possibly we see Busio. Um, but I think that, that Aronson um, and Pepe both were, you know, they weren't loud, but I thought that they, they both played well in their role, you know, talking about like the, the way that we defended Mexico. I thought both of them did a very, very good job. Right. Aronson is such a past. Like, it didn't end up coming, like, it didn't end up creating anything last night, but just, like, being there and seeing him just being so friggin' irritating, like, he's just all over, like, the, the you know, the Mexican, like, defenders when they're trying to play out. And he's, I, I don't know, he's got, like, so, if you pull, obviously, you're going to start Pulisic if, if he's available, but you're going to miss that harassment, because, like, not, it's not that Pulisic doesn't try or anything, but Aronson just has this knack for being over guys and like guessing the right way when somebody's trying to play the ball out. And part of that might just be like, he plays like that constantly with, uh, you know, with uh, Salzburg, but um, I don't know. It, it didn't like, he didn't have a great game by any means, but, but um, just the sheer amount of running he does, the effort he puts in. And then he has like, he's a little bit like Paul Ariola with like skill. Sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like Ariola, Ari, Ariola, um, Aronson, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the work he does and the irritating force that he is. <laughs> yeah. I was impressed with Pepe. He did a lot. He was cleaner with his layoff. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it true holdup play. It's not like he ever had a guy sitting on his back and he just absorbed a ball to let someone run off of him. But he did some decent one-touch passing. I mean, a couple of them he didn't hit quite right, but he was there doing it. He connected a few and I feel like we had not seen that from him in previous games. He was really just kind of anonymous and then would pop up in the box and the second half scored two goals and you know, Twitter would go nuts. 
I think it was actually a bit more of a complete performance from him, even though he didn't score. Um, and it's good to see that he can keep working on that. Obviously, he has years to continue to develop as a player. Um, yeah. I thought he was fine. Yeah. So, so I, I thought that, you know, and then the, the subs, we didn't talk about the subs, but Richards came in um, when Miles uh, got pulled for his red card. Uh, Acosta got in. Um, and the, the biggest, uh, Jesus Ferreira came in. I, I thought that Acosta, Richards, and Ferreira didn't do anything um, overwhelmingly interesting. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, them played fine. Well, I, I, I'd like to jump in there for a second. I thought Ferreira looked really interesting. Like, okay. he, not that, not that I thought Pepe was bad or anything, but like Ferreira just had a couple real soft touches and a couple real, like, clever little, little try, like, attempts at interplays that didn't exactly come off. Well, he did get on a goal and missed the net wide there too. But like, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like, I don't know. There's, there's something there with Ferreira that I would like to, I would like to see more of. Maybe he gets 30 minutes next game instead of, you know, whatever he got eight or something. Right. Um, and I, I hear that. I, I, th- I think that I, you know, we, 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 sh- we definitely need to figure out who, who are the nines in this, in this pool. Um, and, but, but there was a, another sub that I have not, directly mentioned yet and and he was pretty good i think i think christian pulisic i I think this kid is is pretty good what do you what do we think it's a bold take okay (laughs) yeah i don't know like it's 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 almost like you got kind of understand why chelsea brings him off the bench because like you come in after 30 minutes you know or after 60 minutes or i guess it was after 70 this one and those mexican defenders the guy like oh crap we've been running after (laughs) these guys all game and now we have this guy on who's better than the guy they took off. He's fresh. I don't know. That was just a great little like move to get in front of that guy and get on the end of way as crossed. He had, a, I don't know, at least one more nice little, I don't know. I forget. He had like a little turn and run in midfield too, but uh, yeah, that was a nice little option to have to bring off the bench. Yeah. He, he turns out he's, he's pretty good. Um, so uh, the, the upshot of, of all of this, of course, is that, um, a win over Mexico is still three points. And like the goal here is to make the world cup. So like beyond the, the, the fact that, that there was the win there, like we're also three points closer. So um, when people were counting points in the beginning of qualifying, we probably, you, you probably didn't count on three here for Mexico. Like, I, I think that you, you probably hoped for it, but I, I don't know that you necessarily would have um, assumed three points. Um so that's that's sort of a win in and of itself, but the next game is still the next game, and um, we're only three points clear right now of um, of Panama, who's in fourth. And I can tell you this: I don't want any part of of fourth place in 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 the octagonal, um, because going and playing a one off for for uh, the World Cup does not sound like a fun afternoon to me or morning or whatever. Yeah, that's a little stressful. Yeah. So the next game is is up, and and it's an it's actually an opportunity to get some points back. So the loss against Panama means that we're we're sort of one point behind the win at home, draw on the road thing. Um, but we are facing a a Jamaica side that just um, uh, gave up a goal to a Roldan in the 90th minute. Um, <laughs> Granted, it's the other Roldan. The uh, do we is, is Alex the good Roldan? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think that convent like a year ago that was not the conventional wisdom, but 
he's I don't know, he's had a good season. Yeah, yeah after Sounders fans. <laughs> oh, I thought uh, we were talking about like morally, like good versus evil, not <laughs> like one of, one of them has like an edgy, like like dark, you know, blonde, like dyes his hair black haircut or something. I'm thinking of like, yeah, uh, he's got he's got a mustache and that like curls upwards. Or, yes, or a goatee. Like it, it could be like a community yeah. or uh, or or um, what? Wait, what is it? Bizarro Superman, who's just Superman with a goatee. Yeah. yeah, or like uh, that, that Spider-Man movie when uh, God, what the heck is that guy's name? Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire goes like evil. Yes, exactly. Emo, yeah, emo Spider-Man. Yeah, emo, emo rolled up, emo rolled up, or emo Harry Potter when they try and make his hair like noticeably darker in the last couple of movies. But, all right, back, back to the topic at hand. Back Jamaica. to the topic at hand. Um, so we're we're facing a, a Jamaica side with um, arguably the best, arguably the best goalie in MLS. Um, one of two, certainly, uh, and Andre Blake, a very weak um, defense, a very weak midfield, and the strongest attack, or the second strongest attack in Concacaf, depending on how you feel about Tejan Buchanan. Um, so, so I I think going into this, like I, I think we all sort of want three i don't know that i i necessarily want to say expect three but i think that um this is a game that we need to this is this is one of those games where you can't assume that one goal is going to win it like the same way that that the the canada game was like one goal is not going to be enough here i i think that i think that america has to assume that antonio and bailey are going to combine for at least one they didn't start michael antonio i'm just looking at the box car for the heck of it michael antonio came out in the 74th minute is there something wrong with him or something he was out for a little while in the Premier League, but I think he came back like two two weeks ago or something like that. Maybe they just uh, didn't think he was fit enough. Well, how do you bench Jamar Nicholson from Mikel Antonio? I mean, I don't see how you do that. Can't do that. <laughs> but see, but see, here's the thing: it's it's noticeable. Um, Mikel Antonio and Leon Bailey shared the field for a grand total of 15 minutes. In that 15 minutes, Jamaica was one was 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 up one. In the all of the other minutes, they were down one. I I think that they'll probably start those two. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem hope. like pretty conclusive evidence. Well, like, I mean, Jamaica's got to start winning too. They're on six points after seven games. Like they can't be giving enough points at home if they have any, if they have any, you know, aspirations to make the World Cup. So they're gonna, they're gonna be going all out for this one, I would guess. Yeah, and I, I think that they probably thought that, that and, and just like not starting Antonio, maybe they thought, you know what, we can, we can handle Honduras or El Salvador. Um, rather uh el salvador without without antonio like we don't need to burn his legs when we know we'll need him against america but sometimes when you do that uh when you think that you can just walk into places and get the result that you want you end up uh losing at panama or <laughs> drawing with el salvador or maybe david Moyes pulled a uh pulled a tommy tuco and said don't play him that many minutes <laughs> <laughs> um so, so I think, I think going into this, you know, obviously this Jamaica side is, is they're not, look, it's like, it's like they say in, in, when you, when you go up against like a, a Mac team or a, or a, a Sunbelt team, it's like everybody on the other side of the field is, is a professional too, or, or, or a scholarship player too. Like everybody on the other side of the field is, is, is playing soccer professionally at a pretty high level. So you got to take it seriously, but um, you know, obviously we're going to be down two starters. Um you know, McKenney and, and Miles are both out for this one. So 
if you figure Richards and Acosta are the next guys up, given given how the the substitutions work, um, I, I don't know that. Buzio. Yeah, I mean, I, ideally it would be Busio, but I don't know that you need to make any other rotation, right? Like, I think you start the the front three just the same. I think you start the back line um, just the same. Obviously, Richards for Miles, um, and you start the midfield as a not not. Um, I guess I guess this would be a uh, what a TMB BMT. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with BMT. Bam, gotta go. Bam. Oh, that makes sense. Welcome, Coach Angus. How are you? I'm a coach now? Yeah, you've been promoted. Well, you're a coach like like the way that like GAs are considered coaches. Like the players call them coaches, but they're not coaches. Like you don't have recruiting ability. You're but you're well, on this just got mean. Like you're more of a co- you're more of a coach than Jason Garrett. He's just a coordinator. Right. You're like Ryan <laughs> Osborne. Do you know who that is? No clue. No idea. Yeah, so he's the uh, the Michigan defensive line GA, um, and he crossed the the ire of uh, Michigan State fans because he was the he was the Michigan staffer who uh, posted that Michigan State had lost their NFL draft streak, and he was like, "Oh, you hate to see it." Hashtag Go Blue. Um, and then during the game, <laughs> he was the one who was posing with the Michigan players after that first uh, interception. Oh uh, yeah, no, he shouldn't have been there. No, he's the running backs coach. No, he's the he's a defensive line GA um, or analyst or something. He's not even a coach. He's a, he's an analyst. Um, you, just, you just confuse a GA with Mike Hart. Yeah, uh, Mike yeah, Hart. Mike Hart's the running backs coach. Pretty running pretty backs fam- coach, Mike Hart. Yeah, pretty famously running backs coach. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, Angus, you're the Ryan Osborne of this podcast. I might log off now. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do want to get to like the things that happened that we care about. And so I want to start with the game that we cared about most. Texas lost to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Watching that game and following, following along with that game at a Texas wedding was great where the bride's family, uh, are all huge Kansas fans. But when she went to UT, they switched to, Texas football, obviously, because who the fuck wants to root for Kansas? Kansas football. Me, so like, I do. Set, set, everyone, set, set everyone. Set happened, Kansas has won twice, and both times they've been like fakes being happy about it because, like, really deep down, they're <laughs> they're Kansas fans. <laughs> like the thing is, is that like watching that game. Um, the funniest thing I saw on on Twitter, and there was so much funny on Twitter about this, but the funniest thing about this was someone pointed out like. Hey, you probably didn't need to fire Tom Herman to lose to Kansas. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, the Texas people were saying losing to Kansas is a fireable offense. Like, there's there's people now saying Stark might not make out the year, which I mean, everybody except Texas fans already knew Stark was a bet. Stark is one of those guys who are like not that great of a head coach, very good coordinator at this point. He's the Peter Principal incarnate. No, well, yeah, I, I guess because he, I mean, yeah, fine. Like, like he's just, he's re, I, I don't know how many better offensive coordinators there are in college football conceptually right now. Um, but I can, give I would you, like him as an offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like not, not head coach offensive coordinator would be amazing. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. So, um, so I, and, and like, the thing is, is that from Sark's point of view, his team scored 49 in regulation and lost. 
like, and I'm sure that he's like, I don't know who the defensive coordinator is at Kansas, uh, at Texas as of today or as of the weekend. Cause I assume that whoever was the defensive coordinator on Saturday, we are recording this on Sunday at eight 32 Eastern um, is no longer in a job. Speaking of people who got fired, Jimmy Lake got fired. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that happened. I like- did. Holy shit. Jimmy Lake. Uh, that was nuts. Wait, that why? Was nuts. Uh, because he punched a player. Oh, he didn't punch that's me, bad. like grabbed him by the throat, right? Yeah, that's the big difference. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is he a went, big he went difference. Nice. Uh, so Good like, job, and, man. Like, no, it thing, was his own player. Yeah, no, no, it, oh, was, yeah. His, yeah. it was his own Even player. Worse. And like, it was the type of thing where um, a generation ago, we all would have been like, he did a good thing because he prevented his player from being in the middle of a fight. Like, what he did was he very, very aggressively and assaultively grabbed his player by the throat to get him away from a fight with the other team. A generation ago, Mm -hmm. we as fans would have been like, that's a good coach. He's strong. Whereas now when we're all a little more um, in tune, in tune with like the massive issues with a 30 or a a 45 to 55 year old man grabbing an 18 year old by the throat, um, you know, again, not, not okay. Um, Wasn't okay then. Not okay now, but not okay. Someone pointed out, and so he was he was suspended this last weekend um, for their game against Arizona. Arizona, Arizona yeah, State. I think so. I don't know. Yeah, somebody um, doesn't matter because Washington's irrelevant and sucks. Um, but the last snap of the Jimmy Lake era was therefore not this weekend. It was against Oregon. Do either of you know offhand what the last snap of the Washington offense was against Oregon? Fumble. Fumble. It was a. A uh, snap that went over the head of a punter for a safety. Classic, classic. Hell yeah! Um, so to 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 change the game from a one score game to a two score game. Very they, Washington. Yep. Had they gone for it on fourth down and tried to win the game, wouldn't have happened like that. Uh, you hate to see it, Jimmy Lake. Um, thanks for you giving know, Michigan a P five win this year. <laughs> as as a Michigan fan, I, I would like to thank Jimmy Lake. That was a that was a nice confidence boost, and now we're nine and one. So that's cool. Yeah, Thank congratulations you. to Jimmy Lake on never getting another college football job, though. No, but I am pretty stoked about him. Um, Ooh, hang on, hang on. Disputing he directly assaulted. He directly assaulted a player. It's not like DJ Dirk. There are very few things that will get you out of the coaching fraternity. I bet in about two years, Jimmy Lake's name will come up in like some analyst role somewhere. We're gonna look at it and be like, you, you, huh. you, you didn't hear the technic huh. the technicality of Stumpy's comment. He said, "Never get a college job again." DJ Durkin Jim- is coaching in college football. Correct. DJ Durkin did not put his hands on anybody. DJ Durkin just indirectly murdered a, a kid. Yeah. Uh, mm. Jimmy yeah. Lane. One of those seems worse than the other. a child on <laughs> camera. Well, it's like it's yeah. it's not to get too legal here, but it's negligence versus um, versus intentional. Like there's yeah. there's a there's a an aggravated aspect of one of those. Um, but anyways, uh, Jimmy Lake is going to be a a a linebackers coach in the NFL by by I'm gonna say March. Um, because and the Detroit Lions. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, so the, uh, so the Kansas game hilarious. I think that the most interesting part about that from my perspective is that, um, I'm really happy for Lance Leopold, um, 
because he took a job that everybody had to be telling him like, dude, you can wait for a better P5 job. Like you built Buffalo into a serious team. You don't have to take this job. Like it's okay. Like you can let it go. Uh, And he went ahead and beat Texas, which I think would have meant more uh, prior to 2000, I don't know, 11, because Texas has sucked for a decade now. Um, It's Colt McCoy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say they had a one good year with Case McCoy. Yeah, it was whatever quarterback came after Colt because they wrote out that uh, recruiting class and then they, they just tanked. Yeah, yeah. and they sucked. And yeah. then like they, they had they had the Tom Herman era, the Charlie Strong era. Um, they've been bad for a while. It's it's fine. But uh, congratulations to Kansas and all the Kansas fans at uh, the wedding stump he was at. Um Congratulations to the rest of college football because whenever Texas loses to a team like this, it's hilarious. Shout it's out Maryland. Funny. Shout out Maryland. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, um, this is wait, this is even better. So you guys saw that this was Kansas's first Big 12 win this year and second win overall. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh they 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 snapped a 19 game Big 12 losing streak. Who is the last win against? Was it Texas? I think it might have been Texas. They beat Texas in, <laughs> well, they beat Texas in 2018, 2019. They beat them like relatively recently. I think, it's 19. I think they've they beat yeah, them like three times in the last decade. <laughs> uh, someone pointed out that since 2016, 2017, Kansas has beaten um, four teams twice. Two of them are FCS. One of them is New Mexico. The other one is Texas. <laughs> Good job. Um, Good job, Texas. Good job. Always Texas. say Texas. Um, also, uh, we'll, we'll get back to the college stuff in a second, but I do want to say in terms of teams uh, not losing, I didn't say winning, but not losing after a long string of uh, losing and losing in a humiliating fashion, congratulations to the fighting Dan Campbells. You got a tie against a Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, there was a monkey paw situation. Dan Campbell just wishes for this damn losing streak to lose and it's just in a tie. <laughs> you didn't specify Dan. Over. It always happens continues. like once a year. <laughs> but see, like the thing is, is that like, to me, if the lions go, Oh, 16 and one, that's so much funnier than going on 17. <laughs> I think it's funny if they just keep stacking on ties. Oh yeah. Like, what, if they they go- <laughs> what if they go like, Oh, 10 and seven. <laughs> Oh, eight and eight. Like that would be phenomenal. Well, that's the internet. Oh, the internet was getting so upset that Dan Campbell would not pull Jared Goff. <laughs> well, and like I who, probably should have. Yeah, Tim Boyle for gonna... David Blau. <laughs> yeah, who are they going to put in? <laughs> Our backups are Blau and uh, Tim Boyle, right? And like at a certain point, you're you're just like stringing together conceptual names. Like if I told you that like. Jordan, see, I, I keep wanting to say Jordan Morris because I find that to be an incredibly, incredibly like benign name, but that's actually a. I really thought player. you were going to say Drew Stanton. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to say uh, Jordan P. Folk. I, I, the first name that came to mind was Connor Cook. Any of these people are not going to be better than Jared Goff. Chief Stanton. Yeah. I'm actually not sure. I'm not sure. Like, if, if you. Chief Daniel might be better than Jared Goff. He might be. <laughs> Like you, you, you can't really convince me of that. Um, I mean, the obvious so one is I, I do think Colin Kaepernick might be as good as Jared Goff at this point, coming off the street, having not played in four years. 
possible. I mean, do you know who was better than Jared Goff coming off the street having not played in like a year? Cam uh, Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. <laughs> I like how yeah, Cam Newton comes back and they start running like quarterback design runs and RPOs for him. And all of a sudden he looks like he's old Cam. It's like, well, yeah, if you Duh. designed the offense around him, he's Teddy Bridgewater, but bigger. He's but bigger he, and faster. Bigger, faster, and, and better. Like Cam yeah. Newton, like, like, look, Cam Newton has lost his fastball and he never really had a breaking ball. But like, I don't know. He can, he can give you some snaps. And especially for a team where it's like, hey, your best uh, weapon is never going to be 15 yards away from the quarterback. Not once. Christian yeah. McCaffrey, when he gets the ball, will never be 15 yards away. And Cam Newton can get him the ball. And especially yeah. if you're like, if, if, if Matt Rule went to Cam Newton and was like, hey, we will give you $10 million this year, which they did. We will give you $10 million this year, but seven. You're seven. Seven was guaranteed or 4.5 was guaranteed or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Was guaranteed. But here's the thing. You're no longer MVP Cam Newton. You are Auburn Cam Newton. And we are running the crap out of you. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> because that's the thing is that like Cam Newton, Cam, when, when he was healthy uh, in, in the first stint with Carolina, he was a good quarterback without the legs. But I'm willing to bet that if you said to Cam Newton, like, hey, we're going back to Auburn, we're running the triple, let's go. He'd be like, all right, I can give you two years and freaking nine wins. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a lot it different. Cool when you know wearing a goofy hit. hat. Yes. It's a lot okay, different cool. when you know the hit's <laughs> coming versus when you have to, like, get surprised by it. Also, somebody mentioned Teddy Bridgewater here. Did you guys see that? I, I sent it to the group chat. Did you see his attempt to, uh, to tackle Darius Slay? Yeah. Attempt. <laughs> you like you like. Do you know what it looked like? It looked like um. You remember in high school where someone would be walking down the hall and someone else would like take a step to them and then if they flinched, you punched them in the arm. But you never were actually going to attempt to hit them or or stop them in any way. Yes. That, but on a football field. <laughs> I mean, no. It was a. It was a. It was a business. It was a basketball business decision. Not I'm getting not getting post tries here. I'm not getting. Yeah, I'm not getting dunked on. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to. <laughs> the, the, the I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give the old college try. It wouldn't yeah. even do that. No, this this he this gave, was more he gave the middle school try. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm gonna be on film as being close there, but I'm not I'm not gonna dive. Yeah. Um, I like yeah. the dichotomy of the Denver Broncos too. Uh, drop whatever they did on thirty on Dallas last week, and then just get completely the doors blown off by Philly. Yeah, it happens. You know, Philly's a really good team this year. No, no, they aren't. They're bad. They're really bad. And yet um, you keep winning. I don't understand oh, how you keep winning. Fantasy football? Yeah, with, J- with Jalen Hurt. It's because I didn't draft running backs. <laughs> and because he, Jalen Hurts puts up numbers, even if they don't win. Yeah, he's the he's the fourth best quarterback in fantasy this year. And also, I picked up Cord- Cordell Patterson. I James Conner is a top 10 running back in fantasy this year. Uh, what? Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> Cord and Cordero. Cordero. Yes, uh, but uh, seriously, James Conner is the top 10 running back in fantasy football this year. Ridiculous. Um, oh, Tyreek just got in. Oh, good. Um, so, so anyway, so, so, so uh, the AP poll has dropped. I suppose we'll, we'll talk about that before talking about the, the games that happened. Um, the notable thing is that Notre Dame jumped Michigan and Michigan State. Um, uh, really? Yep. 
So, so um, it Why? doesn't matter because it's the AP poll. Why? Because no, it's, it's not the BCS poll, poll but there yeah. is no BCS poll. Um, Whatever the college football playoff poll. There you okay. go. It's a big difference. It's a huge difference. One of them included like science and computers and uh, impartialness, and the other one has Gary Barta. So you know it's better. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. And Tyrone Willingham. And Tyrone Willingham. That's true. Um, yeah. So, so and um, Condoleezza Rice. Uh, occasionally occasionally i i think i think it would be funny if we just had whoever the last administration secretary of state was i think that that would be constantly <laughs> funny because we would have college football playoff committee member um mike hillary pompeo clinton, mike pompeo, pompeo hillary clinton uh in a couple of years rex and us rex huh? would rex rex and rex and pompeo voting against each other that'd be oh hilarious. man we could have gotten we could have had rex tillerson um, on the, 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 the college football playoff committee. Can you imagine how fun that would have been? Because you have all of these, like, like because you, you, you do get occasionally like a, a university president. So in the yeah. same room discussing football, unpaid amateur football, you would have Rex Tillerson, CEO of Exxon, <laughs> and <laughs> academic, like, and like Mark Schlissel. Jordan Gee. <laughs> No, you you have to, but for the last administration, you have to give uh, each one of the secretaries of state the percentage of like how long they stayed secretary of state. That's how long, how much your vote counts for. Oh, that would be fun too, because then you like you, you could have gotten whoever whoever the the one after Pompeo was who, who served in like an interim basis after Pompeo uh, presented re- to resign in disgust. Or am I mixing up cabinet members? I don't want to talk about the Trump administration. The point That's is. Fine. <laughs> The point is, is that uh, Notre Dame jumped Michigan and Michigan State because um, it's the AP reasons. Poll. And yeah. when you beat Virginia twenty-eight to three, it's super meaningful. Um, well, I mean, I yeah, guess it's way more meaningful than three victory. Twenty-eight to three victory was going to look a lot better than whatever the fuck Michigan did against Penn State, which was not pretty. So let's talk about it. Um, I want sure. first. First, I want to give credit to uh, to the AP poll for ranking Penn State and giving Jim Harbaugh a third win on the road against an AP top 25 team. Uh, Penn State is not a top 25 team. The college football playoff did not have them close to the top 25. The uh, coaches poll, I don't think, had them close. The AP poll saw Jim Harbaugh, saw him needing to go three and nine, because let me tell you how much I love that Jim Harbaugh has a record of three and nine in some sense. And uh, that's that's a joke for those of you who were with us in 2016 for Michigan State. Um, and I, I, I do want to say this. I do want to say this. I think that um, Michigan and Michigan State, both nine and one at this point, um, I think that both of these teams in any other year are not nine and one. <laughs> and I think that Sean Clifford, whatever is going on with him, he is not healthy. Um, the fact that Michigan didn't have Blake, you shouldn't Corum, be playing football. No, the fact that Michigan didn't have Blake Corum means that they had a one trick offense. Um, and that's how you, I mean, they won that game off of what a tight end crossing route. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, they did like five running plays in a row and then they basically faked the run to the to left the and then just had, they had Eric all leak out to the right and no one covered him. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, what happened. So, so, uh, so that's, that's like, that's fine. I mean, look, you got to win games. James Franklin being six and four and being the front runner for the USG job continues to be hilarious. Um, but he's going to get run out of USC so quickly. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not yeah. long for, for anywhere, but um, I think, I think that you, you look at Michigan and you look at the way that they played. And I think that like, we're in the middle of November and it's, 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 we've been talking about these two teams, Michigan and Michigan state all year. And at a certain point, like you can only say the same things over and over again, right? Like Cade McNamara against defenses better than Michigan against past defenses better than Michigan state is a limited quarterback and it's fine. And he's a game manager who gets it done usually. Um, and he, the, he has gotten better over the course of the year. He's gotten a fair amount better over the course of the year. Sure. But he's still not going to win you games against past defenses that aren't last in the country and granted can't even win you that game. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I'm sorry, I guess, but look, it was, it was, that's a really good win. And I know that, that, that we're clowning James Franklin and we're clowning Penn state a little bit, but that's a good win on the road in happy Valley in a tough situation without Blake Corum, because if you do build an offense around your, your two in running backs, in the snow, uh, if you build an offensive ground yeah, in the around two running backs and you don't have one of them, I mean, Hassan Askins looked good. He looked really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, he put up 156 yards or something like that on like 33 carries. He he played very well. He's a very yeah. good running back. And I think that like Michigan, Michigan is looking at what a 10 win season, 11 wins if they, you know, if we're bowl game, because we assume that Ohio State is going to blow the doors off of both of the Michigan teams. Um, and we can talk yep. about why in a second, but I, I I'll Pretty say much. this. I'll say this about Michigan. I, I think that they, they deserve a lot of credit. I, I think that they deserve a lot of, you know, whatever, but Penn state is not good. And Michigan needed a last second thing to beat them, which goes back to, to the theory that like, nobody's very good this year. It's just Michigan and Michigan state happen to be timely in their wins outside of Purdue. And I guess Michigan, Michigan state, which is a game that never means anything like beyond like yeah the game itself yeah so i think penn state's defense is actually pretty decent they're very that. good i so think that like, number 40 on on penn state i i wasn't when i watched the game i wasn't there was there was no sound yeah um number 40 on penn yeah. state is good yeah and their their pass defense is really good so that that's why i was saying that i i was impressed with with k's performance on on saturday I mean, he put up what, like, two hundred with three touchdowns and zero interceptions. Like, that's that's pretty that's pretty good, except for like the strip sack, which like I don't think that there's anything he really could have done about that. So, no, I think that's really good. And also, like for our defense, um, like they passed the Dotson test, yeah. and that's awesome. Like that's that's really good to see. the The problem with like comparing. Dotson to like let's say Ohio State they have like four Dotsons so and they're all better than him <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um it's more um, it's, it's it's like the David Bell test it's like can you stop the one guy Michigan State cannot stop the one guy yeah um and Michigan can evidently can stop one guy yeah yeah it's when there's yeah. a second guy that they have trouble um but you know who doesn't have trouble whoever is paying us in breakfast tacos right now I really hope that an ad got in there. Um, <laughs> so these so, are getting worse. Yeah, I know. Um, was I supposed to like talk about an ad or something? No, no, they'll they'll take care. See, of it. Now you're breaking the fourth wall. 
Um, so, so there was another game, obviously Michigan state played Maryland and it, and Michigan state is a funny team this year for, for one reason. Um, that game was not well for lots of reasons. Yeah. But that game was never close. Like, like Michigan state went up 27 to seven and it never got to single digits. You know, it it was never a close game. Um, but because Michigan state's pass defense is so bad and it is so bad. Um, it's really bad. It's 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 horrendous. Um, <laughs> it's just really bad. But like because of that, no game ever feels comfortable or safe. But on the other hand, it's like Michigan State won by nineteen against the team that they should have beaten by about nineteen. Like it was fine. Like there was no thing about it. And, you know, Kenneth Walker got the exact yardage that he needed to continue Heisman campaign. You know, and game- two touchdowns. Yep. Two touchdowns. Uh, you know, he had like 175 all purpose yards on 35 touches with two touchdowns. Great. Yeah. So I, I still don't know what the wildest part about the Kenneth Walker story is. Is it that he might be Michigan state's first Heisman winner ever? Is it that he might be a Heisman winner as a running back in 2021? Or is it the fact that he transferred off Wake Forest and Wake Forest really didn't even lose that much of a step? I mean, <laughs> Wake Forest is undefeated in the ACC. Um, they're not undefeated against ACC opponents, to be clear, but they are def- undefeated against uh, in, in the ACC. But yeah, I think Michigan State, like, like, like talking about that game, like, I, you know, we can go through it and we, I can say like, okay, Talia Tagbailoya, you know, got 330 passing yards. Um, you know, Michigan State was able to pass at will. Peyton Thorne looked really good, even without Jalen Naylor, but Maryland's bad. And like Michigan fans will see yeah, that this week. Like they're, they're, they're yeah. bad and they're hurt. Um, like they're, they're starting walk-ons and true freshmen at linebacker against Kenneth Walker. Like it's not, that's not how you're going to have fun. Um, and I think Mike Loxley is not a very good coach. Nope. He's a good no, recruiter. He's, he's a really good recruiter. Um, he's not a good coach. Um, he's not to be. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think that there's much to say about that. I think Angus, you said you, you might go to that game. Um, yeah, yeah. Still looking into it. Um, <laughs> don't do it, man. Yeah, don't don't do that. Um, <laughs> but like, I th- I think the thing is, is that it's like, you know, without going forward, because we'll we'll talk about the the weekend games uh, for the Thursday pod. But I think like just looking at this last weekend uh, when nothing happened. Oh, Alabama um, jumped Cincinnati on the back of a game against New Mexico State. Uh, in the yep. AP pool, so that's wait, cool. wait, 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 wait. Oh, we didn't talk about that. No, nothing good. happened. Nothing happened. Sanford, Florida happened. Oh, it <laughs> did. It did. <laughs> I have, I have never had so much fun in a game that ultimately was a twenty-point loss. Um, because so we we previewed, you know, listeners know, like we talked extensively about that game because I kept thinking people said Stanford uh, and not Samford. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that game, what, what, the, Samford was up, what, 42-35 at half? That was an yep. NBA All-Star game. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, over-under, the over-under for that game finished at 69 and a half. Nice. Uh, Florida covered the over on its own. Uh, always fun. <laughs> always fun. Um, but, I, like, I got to tell you, um, the fact that, that, that Georgia or South Carolina got Todd Grantham fired and then they do this is the best thing for Todd Grantham's resume ever. Cause he can be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gave up 40 to South Carolina. We gave up 
30 some or 40 some to Georgia. But you know what we didn't do? Give up 53 or whatever it ended up being 52 to Stanford. Yeah, not good. Not good. Not good. But, um, but you know, it was good. Kansas beat Texas. Kansas to be Texas. Uh, Go Kansas. Go Jayhawks. Rock chalk. Uh, so I, I, I guess we'll we'll end on rock chalk. So let's give this another second so that I can know exactly where to start the outro. Unless you guys want to talk for a second and try to get a cold open out of this. Cool. Fuck you. No, um, <sighs> sure, there's well, some opening. <laughs> Thanks so much to our guest, uh, Angus. Um, I'm recording this before we do the soccer segment, so I assume Kevin and Ben joined us. I don't actually know. If they did, great. I'm really happy that they did. If they didn't, uh, we still love them. Uh, You can find Angus on Twitter at jburger90. We interact with him. You should follow him. He has tons of hot takes about uh, football and football and, uh, honestly, Democratic politics. Comes up. Uh, You can follow Stumpy at at MrMojoRising89. Uh, you can find Ben at halfspaces.com or at BL Herald. You cannot find Kevin on the internet because he doesn't believe in it. Um, but you can find all of us at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, usually it's me tweeting from it. Occasionally it's somebody else. Sometimes somebody thinks that they're tweeting from their own account and they tweet from the, uh, from the corporate account responding that to was the me. corporate account. Yeah, that was you. Uh, I responded. I responded to our account with our account while I was drunk at a wedding in Mexico. That was in Mexico too. <laughs> um, so we we don't have an Instagram. We're we're gonna get that Instagram up and running shortly. Um, shout out to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, and whoever uh, inserted their ads. It's usually Indeed.com. We like them. Uh, shout out to the Touchline Media Group and Touchline Fraca. We love them. There are. Um, business daddies who left us and live in England. Um, but like there we might get go. to, we, we, we might get to go visit during, uh, during uh, the summer, but probably not, but we're really hoping he comes back for getting those cigarettes. Um, so a, a special thank you to, uh, to all of you for listening. We really appreciate it. Please like subscribe, share, uh, do all those other things. Um, we appreciate it. We couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So uh, thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.